Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. If you ever need to hitch a ride out of the Milky Way galaxy, you might want to buy a ticket on a hypervelocity star. These stars are moving so fast that they can escape the gravitational pull of the galaxy. That's something very few stars in our galaxy will ever do. What could possibly accelerate a star to such intense speeds? And what can hypervelocity stars tell us about the black hole at the center of our galaxy, or even the dark matter lurking around the Milky Way? Find out today on the Physics Central podcast. Hypervelocity stars are unlike any other star in the Milky Way in that these stars are unbound to the galaxy. They're never coming back. This is Warren Brown, a scientist at the Harvard-Smithsonian Institute. In 2005, Brown identified the first hypervelocity star. All stars in the Milky Way move. Just like the Earth orbits around the sun, the stars orbit around the center of the galaxy. For comparison, stars near the sun that orbit together around the Milky Way have relative motions of order of 10,000 miles per hour. Stars in the outer part of the Milky Way, what we call the halo, have different types of orbits. They have, have orbital speeds of 100,000 miles per hour. But the hypervelocity stars, they're traveling at speeds of, uh, of a million miles per hour. Those are speeds at which any star will very quickly escape the galaxy altogether. Scientists discovered a new hypervelocity star just last May. There are now 21 candidate hypervelocity stars. This newest hypervelocity star was identified using the LAMOST telescope, which has just gotten going collecting data in the last few years. This is the first hypervelocity star identified by LAMOST. Scientists with the LAMOST telescope say this is just the beginning, that they could identify many more hypervelocity stars over the course of this telescope's lifetime. LAMOST is located in China. It's a joint scientific collaboration between the U.S. and China. I talked to one of the scientists who helped identify this new hypervelocity star candidate. Yeah, so uh, my name is Zheng Zheng. I'm an assistant professor at the University of Utah. I study astronomy. So basically, this object just you know, shows the potential of LAMOS you know, telescope, a LAMOS survey, to discover a large sample of hypervelocity stars. It's supposed to be a five-year survey, and within five years, we expect to find like about 50 to 80 you know, hypervelocity stars of a different types, a different masses, you know, from low-mass stars to high-mass stars. So yes, definitely LAMOS will be very powerful in you know, discovering these hypervelocity stars. Like all other hypervelocity stars that have thus far been detected, the scientists can see how fast this new hypervelocity star is moving away from the Earth, but in the future they'd like to see its full motion. Hypervelocity stars have been clocked moving away from the Earth at 2 million miles per hour. How does a star get going so fast? Well, obviously it would need a big push, and when it comes to very large objects like stars, gravity is the biggest force around. And what has more gravity in a smaller area than anything else in the Milky Way? The supermassive black hole at the center, known as Sagittarius A star. So the prediction for hypervelocity stars was made by uh, Jack Hills, a theorist, back in 1988. This was a time at which astronomers didn't really believe that there were supermassive black holes, or they maybe thought that there were some in the centers of galaxies, but there was no good evidence for it. 
And Hill's prediction for high-velocity stars is that if you have a supermassive black hole in the center of a galaxy and, and where there's lots of stars, periodically, in the case of the Milky Way, about once every 10,000 years, you'd expect a supermassive black hole to swing out a star out of the galaxy. And he called such objects these hypervelocity stars. So Hill's uh, idea was as a way to observationally confirm the presence of a supermassive black hole. Um, ironically, for the next 20 years, astronomers had more and more evidence for supermassive black holes, but not from hypervelocity stars. In fact, no one even published a paper using the term hypervelocity star except for one exception in 2003, um, until we discovered the first object in, in uh, 2005. We'll talk more about why hypervelocity stars can provide information about the black hole at the center of the galaxy in a moment. But first, how exactly does a black hole fling a star out of the galaxy at one or two million miles per hour? I mean, there are actually a lot of stars orbiting around Sagittarius A star, and most of them will not become hypervelocity stars. Plus, gravity is an attractive force. It pulls things in. It doesn't push them away. So what's going on here? Because any two objects in the universe will simply just orbit each other. But if you have three objects, then you can exchange energy between their orbits. Um, and so Hill's prediction for the hypervelocity stars was that you have binary stars, pairs of stars, that periodically orbit too close to the central black hole, close enough that the black hole's gravitational force breaks the binary apart. It's estimated that this scenario takes place about once every 10,000 years. If two stars in a binary system orbit a black hole, they're going to be moving incredibly fast. So there's an incredible amount of energy involved. The star that gets captured by the black hole is going to be bound by that energy. The star that escapes or gets kicked out is going to leave with an incredible amount of energy, so it launches off at an incredible speed. It's also possible that these stars are being ejected in scenarios that involve more than three bodies, so maybe there's three stars involved or four. Maybe there's even two black holes. There can even be situations where there are no black holes involved, where it's an interaction between three or more stars. These situations, though, are different than hypervelocity stars. They're called runaway stars, and they may still reach velocities that allow them to escape the galaxy. Astronomers have actually been observing these runaway stars for at least 100 years. But Brown says runaway stars that reach escape velocity are much less common than those ejected by a black hole. The fastest stars, the ones that are traveling you know, 2 million miles per hour, there is no known mechanism that can eject those stars that has been published in literature other than a supermassive black hole. The stars that are traveling at speeds closer to galactic escape velocity, there are a dozen mechanisms you can think of that could do it. What the theorists rarely calculate, though, is what the likelihood of, you know, what the ejection rate is, how many you would actually observe. You know, so you could imagine that, you know, globular clusters, you know, kick out stars through stellar interactions. But the rate of really high-velocity ejections is tiny. And it turns out any rate estimate, supermass black hole wins. It's big. It has a lot of stars around it. It just is more productive than most of these other scenarios that require really extreme objects. So Jack Hills had this idea about hypervelocity stars. He also showed that the path of those stars would be determined by the unique characteristics of the black hole that ejected it. 
Basically, by looking at how a hypervelocity star is moving now, scientists could theoretically rewind the tape and get a look at the details of its ejection. The reason scientists can deduce so much from the motion of a hypervelocity star is simply because of classical mechanics. The motions of large-scale objects are not random. They're determined by the forces that act on them. If a scientist can carefully map an object's motion, in theory the scientist should also be able to deduce the cause of that motion. So, for example, the path of a hypervelocity star could reveal the mass of the black hole that ejected it. And as hypervelocity stars move out of the galaxy, their motion is influenced by other massive objects. If we write about where they come from, then we can use them as the ultimate test particle to map out the distribution of matter, namely dark matter that surrounds the Milky Way. These stars start from essentially you know, the center of the galaxy, and their orbits integrate the gravitational pull of the entire mass distribution as they go out to you know, infinite distances you know, as they escape into the depths of space. And so the arc of their trajectories betrays the distribution of dark matter that surrounds the galaxy. This is what scientists would like to do with hypervelocity stars, but they aren't quite there yet. To make this dream a reality, they need two things. First, more hypervelocity stars to study. Again, there are currently 21 candidate hypervelocity stars. Brown says he would love to see an index of at least 50 more. Hopefully, the LAMOST survey will help them with that. Secondly, scientists need to know the exact trajectories of these stars. Ground-based telescopes like LAMOST, which can identify hypervelocity stars, can only measure how fast they're moving away from the Earth. It's a relatively easy measurement to make, because the light from the star is stretched out as it moves away from the Earth. Scientists are able to measure the amount of stretching, and that tells them the speed. But to deduce information about the black hole at the center of the galaxy, or dark matter, they need to know the star's full motion. And that's something that will require space-based telescopes and some time. To measure the motion on the plane of the sky of a very distant star, you know, in a human lifetime, they don't move a lot on the plane of the sky. So it means uh, you just have to wait a long time. So the more you wait, the longer they move. And so you can measure that motion much easier. And we also need better imaging. So the best imaging is done from space. We've attempted to use the Hubble Space Telescope to measure the proper motions for some of the high-velocity stars. The European's Gaia mission, which is measuring you know, proper motions for a billion stars in the Milky Way, they're going to have exquisite measurements for a number of the high-velocity stars in a few years. So I think that those measurements will be done, perhaps not for all the stars, but in many cases we will know quite accurately in a few years where the stars are going and where they came from. The Gaia mission has reached its destination in space and should start collecting data very soon. The next decade or so could be a very exciting time for hypervelocity stars. It's amazing, really. The fastest moving stars, no one disagrees, right, the, this argument that you need something that's much more massive and compact than a star to make that kind of velocity, a normal star travel at that velocity. And that's fun. I mean, that means, I think, you know, simply from the motion of a single star 100,000 light years away, we know there must be a massive black hole in our galaxy. And in fact, you know, there is. But, you know, it's just fun, that link between, you know, stars and the outer parts of the galaxy and the very center of our galaxy. 
Thanks again to Warren Brown and Jung Jung for being on the podcast. You've been listening to the Physics Central podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast. Thank you.